fellas. What's going on? How are you? I hope you are well. I hope you are as well as one can be in these crazy times. And hopefully today's episode can lift you up a little bit, can elevate you in some sort of capacity, at least energetically, physically. Today's episode is with Nate Palmer and someone who has become a good friend of mine, but also someone who's putting out a lot of good into the world. And one of the things that I've realized, and I talked about on the episode, is how important it is for a man to be healthy and and vigorous, right? To be able to handle all of the pressures, to handle all of the loads, to handle all of the things that are required of us. I think our bodies physically need to be primed and strong to do that. And so, you know, outside of the aesthetics, outside of the actual sure being able to lift stuff. I just think it's important for our body to be taken care of. I'm glad that we're having that conversation more, no pun intended, in a healthy and productive way. So enough of me, y'all. This is Nate Palmer. Welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, where we delve into the depths of what it means to be a man in today's world, and we explore the real-life challenges and triumphs that you and I face every single day. My name is Hector Santia Esteban, and I come with no answers, only questions for some of the most wise, insightful, and grounded men that I know. So get settled in. You're listening to Modern Masculinity. Nate Palmer, welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, man. How are you? Dude, I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's good to see you, Hector. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited selfishly just that we get an excuse to have conversations. One of the great things about having a podcast is you just get to talk with your friends and your buddies, say that we're going to do it for some purpose. But first and foremost, I'm excited to just hang out and connect with you. And yeah, man, I really look to you as someone who's been in the trenches alongside me and going through a lot of the same things. So I'd love for you to just kick us off and just share one of the themes that we're talking about or starting off with is just like challenges, whether it's struggling or what's present and coming up you recently with regards to man, guy, dad, husband stuff? Well, listen, I'm a little offended that you're going to ask me that because there's a lot of great things about me that I was really excited to talk about first. That's kind of like per the usual podcast vibe. Do you don't want to describe like all my accolades? You just want me to cry right off the bat? That's fine. I do. And that's because if you don't know Nate, he has his own podcast. He's had a couple of podcasts. He has oh, you don't need to go into it now. We're too late now. Where you could do that. So if you want to do that, go there. No, but I think the thing that binds us though is frankly, is a lot of the shit that we're going through. And to set that up a little bit, because this is one of our first episodes, is so much of a problem of what guys are experiencing is that they are going through their stuff alone. And I know that we're part of a dad's group, the Front Row Dads, and we went to a retreat out in Austin a couple weeks ago. And it's so much of the power of that event was just being around other guys who we realized were going through similar stuff. It's such a better question than Tell me how you got way better abs than anybody who's listening. (laughs) Tell us how you were able to build a business from home. Tell us how you were one of the few guys at the event who was like, oh, I'm having as enough, as much sex as I can handle. And I was like, damn this guy, I'm sitting right next to him. And so you can tell us all about that. But I would love for you to share something that is maybe challenging for you. I don't think for the record that I said I was having as much sex as I could handle. So... No, that's what I intuit. That's what I you were just <laughs> projected onto it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Like, I feel like I I have been thinking a lot about this specific thing in my life, which is basically how do I get out of this people pleasing mentality that I've been living in for years, decades, 
And the one thing, like one way that's really kept coming up for me is that I was at an event two weeks ago called MenaceCon and a guy named Kent Clothier spoke and he's a big real estate guy, but he didn't come out and talk about real estate. He talked about this experience he had where he was in a plane and it was like, it had to lose el- like elevation, like something happened with one of the engines. And so he's like, the plane is like in a dive mode. The oxygen masks pop down. He's next to his wife, his daughter, and his son are in the like uh, all across the aisle. No one can get like the move because the plane is moving so fast, and he like can't get to his daughter as he thinks the plane is going to crash. And he's like the clarity that came from like that moment. He was fine, I'm, like emotional talking about it, but like the clarity that came from that moment for him was like kind of just gave him the idea of what's really important in life. And so what I've been thinking about a lot is, okay, so if I die today, how many people are going to come to my funeral? 100, 200 maybe? I don't know. Maybe probably. Okay. But like beyond that, six months down the road, who's going to come over and take care of my kids? Who's going to help my wife with dinner? What do I got in my life? Three people, five who are going to do that, who are going to step up to that level if I pass right now, mm-hmm. who are going to actually remember me after I'm gone. So why am I spending so much time worrying about these other people and like the obligations I kind of just am pulling onto myself about how I need to like show up for them and put them before myself or my family. And I think that's been a real mindset shift for me recently because I'm a big people pleaser. I always put other people first. Like I would give anyone like help with their fitness, nutrition. I would not have a business if, I, if it was up to me, really. I'd give, you'd be giving all this shit away for free. But like taking into account, like who are the people that are actually the most important and how can I spend more quality time with them rather than worrying so much about all these other people, all the social media, all the emails you get on a regular basis, you know? So this people pleasing mentality thing, it's a guy thing, or I don't know if it's a human thing, but it seems like a lot of the guys that were around a big problem that they have is that they're giving all of their time to everybody else. They're pleasing everybody else. They're giving everybody, they're serving other, and there's nothing left for themselves. Is that what you were seeing too? Obviously in in spending time with your family and focusing on your family, but I've recently felt that oxygen mask thing, I wasn't even putting it on myself. And so I'm wondering if that is also something that's been coming up for you in thinking about what is worth spending your time on. Yeah. And I, but I feel like for me, it was more like, I'm not putting it on my kids. I'm going to try to go three rows back to put it on some guy I just met in the lobby. And I know we talk a lot about this at Front Row Dads, but if you're looking at your financial like records and you're looking at your calendar, the record of your time, that's going to tell you a more accurate story about what's going on, what's a priority for you than you just telling me. Because I would on paper, if you're like, hey, what's important to you? I go, my family, like I, I, like my kids. But then you look at my calendar does not necessarily reflect that. So I think that keeping that in mind, because I take care of myself. I wake up early so I can have some like an hour block in the morning to do some personal development stuff. I'm getting some sort of exercise in on a regular basis. So like I take care of myself in those ways. I eat really healthy, but I don't necessarily see myself putting the time and energy that I'm giving lip service to into my family. And it'll probably come up a lot, I imagine. But this concept of being a front row dad, which is a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family, that's such the norm, right? Is for dads to be gone, people to be gone, and whoever to be taking care of the kids. And I think it's an easy thing, and I've said it, I found myself saying it, to that 
we're doing it for them, that, that I'm doing it for my kids, right? And, but I don't know how true that is. I don't know if it is true. And I think that it's a sliding scale, right? It's not binary, right? If you want to spend all your time with your kids, but you don't have any money, you're not really doing the best job taking care of your family, right? But at the same time, if you're spending 100% of your time like trying to grow an empire and you're not spending any time with your family, well, that's probably not the best for them either. So there's a balance, right? And I think that's where this mod, this idea of like modern masculinity comes into place. Like, How can you have harmony in these things rather than doing what a lot of us do, which is just being so like black or white? I think about that a lot in fitness. It's like I'm all in or I'm all out. I'm doing keto or I'm eating cake, right? Rather than trying to toe the line on this balance of like, how can I do both things well? How can I burn both fats and carbs as a fuel source? How can I grow a business and serve my family with it, but create it in a way that allows me to be the dad I want to be? Yeah, that work-life balance thing. I feel like that was a big myth that perhaps worked when it came to standard jobs, right? Like a nine to five kind of thing where you needed to balance it. But in the days of work from home and in the days of entrepreneurship, that balance, I think, is a big fallacy that leads people astray. I've found myself trying to be balanced and spending equal amounts of time, but that's not the answer either. That's why I like the word harmony more than I like the word balance. Because I don't think it necessarily has to be equal. But like, for me, one of the big things that I want to give my family is showing up the same way every single day. So when I walk in the door, I try to get home by four o'clock kind of after the kids nap. So I have the afternoon with them, but I don't want them to guess which version of dad is showing up. I don't want them to be like, cause I feel like I did that growing up. It's like, I would like, I would assess my parents and be like, are you guys in a good mood? Are you in a bad mood? Is something going on? How do I need to be to make sure that this is a positive experience for my, myself and my sisters? taking that on. I got to think like probably some emo- like some people pleasing came from that, which is just trying to discern the emotions of others and match your own energy to that. But I don't want to have to be that way. I want to show up and then dad is dad is grounded. Dad dad's available for a hug. He's not going to snap at you or rip your head off for because he had a rough day at work. That's the gift I want to leave my family with. Is going to an office and then coming home, does that help with that that because that is that's something that I've I'm challenged with and I try and be conscious of but I'm not good at is dragging work home or my commute is literally opening the door and there are some days where I'm 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 asking them I'm yelling through the door for 15 more minutes to finish up and generally they're pretty good they're like the dogs who come around dinner time because they know and so like around 4:30 they start banging on the door but I find myself coming in and there's no transition period. And so I'm wondering if that's been helpful. That's a great question. And now like reflecting back on it, just after you asked that, I would say definitely. Because there are some days when like work just kicks your ass and you just drive home in complete silence. No music or anything. You're just in your car. Just like, I feel like that's, that happens some days. And sometimes you need that time to like detox. I also practice something called transitional meditation. I think I heard this first from Juliana Ray that she, it, like I was like, oh, transcendental meditation? Like, no, transitional, which is basically every time you change doorways. So if I leave this office and go to the main office, if I leave the like my car and go to the house, where if I'm like changing environments, t- taking 30 seconds to take a deep breath and decide how I'm showing up in the next environment. Like, how am I going to be when I walk through those doors? How am I going to be when I walk into this office, knowing that there are six people right here who might all be working or in a distant, like different state of the, their day? How am I showing up for those people? How am I showing up when I walk into the gym? Like, it just giving yourself a tiny bit more space. Because when I was working at home, 
not only did I eat a lot more cheese, I just walk by the refrigerator and be like, there's some cheese in here probably. But I also would be like, I'm working. Now I'm now I'm with family. Now I'm now I'm back at work. Now I'm with family. And I got a lot less stuff done because I just felt like I was always transitioning. And you spend so much time trying to get back on track once you do that, you know? Totally. You're talking about my day. Yeah. And I I'm such a fixer. I'm such a and not a, in the way of the mob or the mafia. I don't think about it like that. But I'm such a problem fixer that if I hear chaos in the next room, I can't focus be without even even if I'll go through stages, I'll be like, okay, she's fine. She's got it. Okay, maybe not. Okay, this is going on a little longer than I thought. Okay. And eventually I'm like, okay, I've got to come in and step in and do something about it. And now there's 30 to 45 minutes of productivity lost, even if it's just transitioning back in and forth of, of stuff. But even if you didn't go out there, you still spent six minutes thinking about something that was not right in front of you. And I think that's tough. I recently hired an accountability coach to help me with my business. So someone who could come on and like actually walk my clients because that was something I was not doing a very good job of. I get back to people within 24 hours, but it wasn't appropriate. It wasn't like good enough. So having someone else who's on board with that has been great because now I'm not answering my text messages all day long where I'd be like, it'd be something, something super simple. Hey, how many calories in a carb or whatever, text them back and set back down. They're like, where was I? And all these little tiny interruptions made me so inefficient at my job and at work. Just taking the time to be able to like put yourself on do not disturb, put your head down and get stuff done. It's magnificent. It feels really good. We can talk about some of the tech, which I think is a valuable thing to talk about because I've recently fell in love with Apple's new notification profiles. You can turn on sleep these, mode these and work modes mode. Right here. The focus. Yep, those, yeah. those are the ones that the focus modes are so great. And I'm glad that they are understanding where people are at and the need for that. I've dove deep down into that rabbit hole a little bit. Eh, not that deep, but I've got a variety of profiles that I use and a variety of focus modes that I use that have been really helpful to my productivity and time with the kids and everything. So just a, a quick little tool time there. But what do you think about building that skill, that idea of switching it off. It doesn't seem like that's a normal skill. It doesn't seem like that's an intuitive thing or something that our parents had or it was forced on them. They went to work, they came home. It was like, that was that and this was this. But now they're working from home and parenting and teaching and all the things from home. And they're not really given those skills to to switch between them. Yeah. And I, and I know it's nice that you can work from in your pajamas and not have to drive anywhere. And that's, that's a great for a lot of people. My wife works from home and I love that she's able to do that because it allows her to be with the kids a lot of the day. I think that's on one hand, it's been really good, but on the other hand, it's really, again, just prioritize this concept of multitasking as being like the most valuable thing. We think of multitasking as a skill set. Oh, I'm always like, I can multitask pretty well. And the truth is we can't, you are way, way less productive, insightful, and have less like cognitive focus and function when you're trying to do two things at once. So I think that by creating the skill of like meditation and mindfulness and creating like the ability to focus in and do deep work, what ends up happening is you can get a lot more work done in a shorter period of time if you're just being very efficient with yourself. So knowing what you need to do, allotting the time to do it, and then putting yourself in a state where you can actually just dive in and do it rather than checking your email, looking at Facebook, who said what on Twitter, like rather than being all over the map and just comp- like having AD brain, which is so easy to do with our phones. <clears throat> I think that having that skill of highly focused work only serves us in today's world where there's just distractions anywhere you want them, anytime. 
This has been so fun. I'm glad you transitioned here. Guys, right after this quick break, we are going to talk about, now, Nate, in his like in his day job, right? Not When he's not being a kick-ass dad and not just slaying all over the bedroom, he is a, a fitness expert and thousands of people follow him to, the easiest thing is to lose weight, but that's simplifying it way too much. What I really love about Nate's approach is his kind of holistic approach. He's got a great mindset that goes along with it all the way down to here's a really step-by-step like plan. Do this, do that, cook this, cook that, eat this. And we're going to get into that right after the break. So stick around and don't go anywhere. Hey guys, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Amplify Media. We are a ninja group of tech savvy, we'll call you genius makers who care about making and bringing out your genius. And we're the one who's who put on this podcast. And I am Hector, I'm the one who is hosting it. But we have a great team of editors and sound engineers. And we're a full service podcast company that can help you take your message and get it out to the masses. And so if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or you want to leverage podcasts in some way to grow your business, go to amplifymedia.com. That's amplifymedia.com. Check the show notes for all the details. And let's get back to the show. Nate, we're back. And you talked a little bit about your mindset. In knowing you, I know, and I've heard you talk a lot about that. I know that's a little bit about what you talk about on your show and in your programs. But if you could elaborate on your mindset when it comes to nutrition and fitness, and if you could also sprinkle in how that might differ from the traditional model. I heard on a recent show that you were on, you talked about being like a, I think you called it like skinny fat or something like that. And I think that there are so many other guys today who fit that model and the idea of being a strong, masculine man, whatever that means, right? It's it's interesting that word comes right behind it. But the idea of being strong is not idealized necessarily as much as it was years ago. So anyways, take it away and give us your thoughts on that. It's also funny, like when I started training, it was in 2008 and I would talk to women all the time and they were like, I don't want to get too big. And I was like, Baby girl, you're going to be fine. No problem. We just got to lift some weights. You're not going to get too big. Now I talk to dudes all the time who are like, I don't want to get too big. And I was like, man, I think the same thing when I get in my car. I'm like, I don't want to be too good of a driver. I don't want to turn into Jeff Gordon. I don't want to <laughs> wake up one day and be like, oh, no, I got all these you know, I don't, don't want to be too awesome. Yeah, don't want to be too awesome here. Yeah, what? don't worry. It's not going to happen. So That's a real thing? That's And what is the reasoning for that? Um, so what I think, think that funny? people look at guys who are on steroids and are like, I don't want to look like liver King. Yeah. You're not going to, you don't have $12,000 worth of anabolics just coursing through your veins each month. Yeah. Yeah. So you're fine. A and then B it's also a, I think it's a, a mindset block. It's like a, it's like a fear of success. Cause if you like, you know, that, you know, the person who's, who's smart, but always procrastinates. Is that you? I feel like that's you. That's me. Super smart, be procrastinating a lot because I think, so I I did this a lot, like, especially in high school, college, I was scared of being good at something and like putting in effort and studying and still failing. So I would would just screw it up and be like, oh, I didn't really, I didn't really put any effort into it to maintain my own sense of self-worth rather than challenging myself and actually getting a score for what I did. So I think a lot of times we put ourselves in this little box where we don't allow ourselves to succeed or we have not necessarily fear of failure, but fear of success, what that would actually look like. But in terms of my mindset and like kind of like where I come from with regard to fitness and nutrition is that I believe that men have to be strong. 
I believe that men need to be strong, especially in today's world, like in the modern world where it's not necessarily a priority. And yeah, we're not going to be out foraging or like hunting woolly mammoths, but also our like life has gotten super, super comfortable for us. And I really believe that the, like the biggest detriment right now is not this left versus right Republican versus Democrat, like this political intrigue bullshit that we see all over the media that like people are just trying to shove down our throats. I think the real issue that we're facing as a society is the pursuit of comfort, really just praying to the God of Netflix and to the couch. And I think that that aging and a lot of these negative like things that are associated with aging and just becoming less ambitious, less energetic are really tied into the aggressive pursuit of comforts in our life. So yeah, being strong is great. It's helpful. You know, when you need to carry a box, I love being able to help out in that way or move your couch. That's great. But also like it, it's rare now and it, and you can't fake it. And if I stopped working out right now, I will stop being strong. So it is like this, the rent is due every single day on that. If you want to have a good physique, if you want to have good strength in your body, you need to be putting in consistent, dedicated, disciplined effort. And that speaks volumes about a person. I will hire a person any day who is working out five times per week, regardless of their skill set, over someone who's not. Just because that tells me what I need to know about their discipline and their consistency. Yeah. And you see that a lot, unfortunately, in leadership. And it's a weird thing. And of course, there are tons of fit people in leadership and politics and business or whatever. But the opposite is true, too. And it definitely, if someone is not treating their health, and of course, we're not perfect, right? So we all have our vices and we all have our weekends and our whatever. But to not prioritize your health anymore, it, I think it is a signal, right? And I have to like find, I have to like remove myself from judgment because I, I naturally am such a judgmental person that I have to like <laughs> make sure that I'm not doing that. But, but it does signal something in the sense of you can't fake it. And you're telling yourself something when you aren't doing it because there's no one on the planet, no dude, especially who's thinking right now, I don't want to be healthy. I don't want to be in shape. So the opposite is going to be true. I want to be healthy. I want to have a good body. I want to have that, that like the respect that comes from looking a certain kind of way. And so even if you don't say that on the surface level, like even that's just subconscious and you are doing the opposite thing, you are just drinking every weekend, eating a bunch of shit foods, never working out. What are you telling to yourself? Tell, what are you telling yourself about your aspirations and your goals? You're consistently shutting down your self-esteem. You are consistently doing things that tell yourself, Hey, I'm a liar. I don't do the things that I say I want. I say I want these things and I don't do them. And if you're consistently doing that, then it becomes much harder to do all these other things in life. You know the person who who like you talk you call up and you're like, "Hey, come on over. We're all meeting at four o'clock." And you're like, "I'll believe he's going to be here when I see the whites of his eyeballs walk through the door." You know that person? Yeah. And you're just like, "His word is garbage. It doesn't like it doesn't matter what you say. I'll believe it when I see it." That person? So right. many of us now that because we are not following through on what we say or what we think or what we want, and if we're never doing that, then how are we going to be men of our word? And I think that's one of the like the key tenets of being like a masculine male is do what the fuck you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Yeah. And if that's all, if that's all you did, you were going to have such a great life because people are going to be able to rely on you. You're going to get referrals in your business because people are like Hector always shows up when he says he's going to show up. Hector always delivers the product when he says he's going to deliver it. And then when that's not the norm anymore. Do you think it's not the norm? Is that, no. has that gone? 
And like, if you're coming from a place of judgment, then I'm, I guess I'll throw myself in that boat as well. But I see so much of this with these professionals who are doing great in real estate or investing or running their own businesses. And they keep being like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get my workout in. And then I just, I watch their calendars. I write their programs for them. And I look and I, they're not checked off. And I go, you committed to doing it. And it boggles my mind. How did you not do it? And they're like, oh, I got busy. What? You said you were going to do it. You didn't put it on your calendar. How, what? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then like after a while, like you have the, you have these same clients, these same people who are consistently not following through on what they say they're going to do with their commitments. It's like, how can I help you? I can't, I have, I have nothing for you. I, it's an interesting thing that I'm, as we're having these initial conversations, I'm trying to find some tenants here, right? And it seems like one that's emerging is this agreement or truth. I don't know what it is, but I said that to, I said it to my son this morning too. He didn't pick up a bunch of confetti that he threw all over the floor. And when he did it, before he did it, I said, are you going to pick it up? And he agreed. And I like double checked it, right? Because I, I had an idea that this moment was coming. And we're saying like, I keep my word. I, I, when, you, when I said that I'm going to do something, I do it. And I'm asking you now, and he's four now, so I know it's a little tough to be hard on him. But I think it's important, right? Because so many people have lost it. Even my wife said that in her industry, that keeping her word doesn't mean anything. And it's, oh, I don't know that I could operate like that. So much of what I do is based in my word. And I don't know, maybe I guess that's just me. I run a workout on Saturdays. I call it Savage Saturdays. I can have three dudes who come over. That's my thing. You can come over if you're a warrior. That's, that's my idea. So I invited a dude over. He's got a business. And seven minutes after our workout started, he texted me and said, oh man, I can't make it today, which tells me you slept through your alarm, right? And so one week later, I had a thing come up where I needed his business. I needed the service. We were going to spend $2,000 on our house to use this use the service. I didn't even let him pitch. Why would I? I? You already told me what I need to know about you. Don't fucking talk to me. You already told me with your actions. So I think one of my key tenants, not only in my, in my, like the work I'm doing as a fitness coach, but also, and the thing that I want to bring to my family is be inevitable with your word. If you say something, you know, it's going to happen. Like when I say, Hey, I'm going to write a book. I want you to be like, great. When's the ribbons cutting? When my wife and I were like, Hey, we're going to sell all our stuff and move to South America. People were like, Oh no, really? How are you going to do that? And then we send them pictures from Peru. We're like, see, like, this is what happens when you keep your word. So, and I also, this is a, this is something that constantly gets me into trouble parenting because I'm gonna be like, if you don't clean this up right now, I'm going to, and I'm like, oh, sh- you better shut your mouth right now. Don't say right. anything. Right. I'll say something. Hey, like a couple of times, like, Hey, if you don't, if you don't act right, you don't come over here. We're going to leave the park. We just got to the park and they don't do it. And I'm like, now you got to leave. God damn it. I got to leave now. And we just got leave. here. We packed everybody right. up and I've done that a few times. So I try to really be judicious about the things that I'm saying, because I need my kids to know that mom and dad don't play around. Yeah, I don't even say crazy stuff like when uh, I have certain family members that will just say ludicrous stuff. And the easy one is like when you eat a watermelon peel, right? Or you eat a slice of watermelon and they're like, oh, you're going to grow up a watermelon in your belly. I don't, I think the, even those things, like something like that is obviously a very funny and it's a silly kind of thing. But those types of things where your word has to be trusted. All of a sudden, now we're talking about watermelon seeds, but then later on we're talking about, I don't know. I don't know. Important stuff yeah. that, that now he's just, oh, he's just kidding. He was just kidding. Yeah. It was like, like, but is he, be, is he being for real with that? That's tough. My daughter likes to joke around. She's like, she'll be like, I'll be like, did you wash your hands? So she's like, yes. And I'm like, well, that's funny because they're not wet and I didn't hear the water going. We have a small house. Like I see you. And she's like, I was just joking. And I was like, that's not a joke to me. 
that's that we're not we don't joke like that yeah yeah so trying to like have those low like those limits and those boundaries and stuff like that's been really interesting as a parent because i think kids catch way more than they hear so i like to let my kids catch me reading meditating working out and like being very kind with their mom i always want my kids especially my daughter to see how i treat their mom because i want her to know what the, her expectation can be of the man in her life i want that to be a like a standard that she holds yeah are there any other kind of tenants or I know we're similarly in, in similar stages in terms of you're married, you've been married now, how long? 12 years, 12 years. Okay. A few years, a few years ahead of us there. And the kids are, are right about the same place. Now, what, you hear my what, tenants? I got them. I got them for you. Let me sprinkle it with this. How have they changed since your life has changed? I know a lot of people, there are a lot of people still my age who are living a different lifestyle, right? Even if it's just whatever you call it, a singular or a bachelor, or, or it's just, a, it's a different lifestyle, right? And along with our lifestyle, with the family and kids and things like that is a different set of responsibilities. And I think that has really shifted a lot for me. Have they evolved over time? No. And I don't, and I think that the reason for that is twofold is number one, when I was like 24, I didn't know what my core values were. Like I had them, but I hadn't yet discovered them or said them aloud enough to know that, hey, this is important to me. Like when I was 23, I got a tattoo that says fact and nonverba, which means actions, not words. That has always been a core value of mine is, is do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. But I, didn't, I wouldn't have been able to necessarily say that. So right now, one of those core values is be inevitable. Be inevitable with your word. The other one is excuses are bullshit. Like we don't, I don't, like you can, we can figure it out. You may all make mistakes. That's okay. But we don't make excuses for those mistakes. Number three is master the mundane get really good at doing those little boring tasks. Bruce Lee said, I fear the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times, not the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks one time. 1% better. I firmly believe that getting even a tiny little bit better every single day is going to add up to massive gains over time. And I think that's really important, especially with fitness. Not trying to get like 30 pounds loss in six weeks or 21 day detox. It's no, I'm going to get 1% better every single day. And by the end of this year, I'm going to be killing it. That's why I love to sign people for year long programs. I don't want them to have this fake three week goal. And then the last one is energy is everything. Because I really believe that if you have your energy, if you feel really good, then you're, you have the capability to do whatever you want to in your life. You can show up big for your family. You can show up big for your wife. You can do something special. You can be above and beyond with your clients. You can go get new clients. You can launch a podcast. But if you don't have energy, if your health is lacking, if you're just always tired, then you're just so restricted in what you're able to do because everything costs you so much. So those are my five, those are my four, five core values, my personally, and, and I use them in my business as well. Nate, thank you so much. You're going to, you might have to be our resident fitness and nutrition expert here. We'll see. We're definitely going to have you come back for a round two, but we'll see if we can sign you on. I know you're getting more expensive these days as yeah. things are growing. Before I have you share about your podcast and some of the things you have going on, last question here is what does modern masculinity mean to you? The word that I keep, I know you've thrown that out to me earlier on, but the word that I keep coming back to is strength. I think like physical strength, I think mental strength, and I think emotional strength. And I would like emotional strength. That's a new one for me the last like year or so of actually being able to be vulnerable, describe my feelings in a way that is calm and collected. You tell my wife, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And it feels like it's coming from this rather than just getting angry, which I thought previously, oh, anger was emotional strength, but I feel like now that's weakness. So if you can be physically strong by training your body, mentally tough by doing things that you don't necessarily like to do, having hard conversations, getting in ice baths, 
directing your body and not being directed by it in pursuit of comfort. And then emotionally strong, being able to be vulnerable with the people around you where you are such a solid, grounded individual that you can allow other people to bring that same energy because they know you're trustworthy and you've got them. That to me is modern masculinity. Mm. Nate, thank you so much. Where can people go and get connected with you? Yeah, just come over to my house. We'll make you tacos. I've been. They're great. They're fantastic. That's true. You have for, tacos. For white people, tacos, and my wife is tough, you, they pass the test. We still have to make plans to come back and do more tacos. I didn't know I was on the chopping block. I'm glad they showed up then. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. It's always a question afterwards of whether or not she's very tough on, on Mexican food. But I didn't want to put guys, pepper on it to make it too spicy. Yeah, she is spicy. So <laughs> good job. You can find me at, at low carb hustle on Instagram. That's where I post most of my stuff. I try to keep it interesting with here's some nutrition stuff. Here's a training video. And then now here's a, me interviewing someone about Pokemon in public. So if you like to get weird, if you like that brand of weirdness, if you like 90s boy band like trivia, then we're gonna be friends. You can also, if you're, if you want to hear some of that real raw, like authentic type of nutrition and fitness advice, check out low carb hustle podcast. That's where I post most of my content. So I've got an episode that comes out every like two or three times a week. And then if you ever wanted to check out my book, it's on Amazon. It's called the million dollar body method, or you can go to getnatesbook.com to grab a copy for free. I love it. Go and do it guys. We appreciate you being here and we'll see you on the next one. Later y'all.